Hi, Tim. Hi, Dave. Uh, enjoyed Tech Fan today, as always. Flip rip. Uh, just a quick call. Firstly, to um, give Tim some reason for spending another $18. I'm interested to know what you two think of the latest incarnation of Final Cut Pro. I don't know whether you have seen any of the video of the keynote from the NAB last week, but speaking as somebody who is a very, very avid user of iMovie and a less than enthusiastic user of Final Cut, I am absolutely thrilled at what I saw. It seems that they have taken some of the ideas from iMovie and hopefully integrated them in such a way that they're not going to push their pro users out of Final Cut. But from the point of view of usability, for me, it looks fantastic. And I, for one, I'm going to be making the jump and will be buying that as soon as it appears on the App Store. What do you think? Tim, I think you're probably more of a video user than Dave, who I believe is more of a photographer. But I'd be interested to know your comments. Um, keep up the good work with the show. And Tim, I've just left your first comment on the UK iTunes Store. And it's a good one. Cheers, guys. Look forward to next week. Gavin. Sussex, UK. This is the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech fan, the only tech podcast in the world. Uh, Tim, I think you'll find there's probably about 100,000 other podcasts oh, in the world. Oh, crap. You're right, you're right, David. You're right. Uh, tech fan, the oldest running technology podcast in the world. Uh, well, we're not. This is virtually a brand new show. This is about uh, only episode 27. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, wait. I got it, David. I got it. Tech fan. The only technology show with a Brit and an American. But my Mac has a Brit and American on it. <sighs> I, 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 I give up. Tech fan number 28. I'm Tim. I'm Dave. This is the show. And it's another, well, it's a rainy, nasty day here in West Michigan, broadcasting once again back from my home studio, because as David rightly pointed out, looking at the live Skype video that I'm sending his way right now, which, by the way, you're you're not sending me any video, David. No, well... What are you trying to hide, man? Some of us have more bandwidth than others. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, the, uh, the, the studio here in Battle Creek is uh, completely closed down now. Uh, all my stuff is moved out. And uh, most of it's sitting in the basement, to be honest, except the actual recording equipment that I need to do the show. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, in some respects, it's more convenient to do at home. But as far as my wife is concerned, it's not as convenient. And yeah. But it is what it is. Yeah, I've sent all my family upstairs to bed early tonight. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> my wife took the kids and um, went to find eggs that we have to color tomorrow for Easter uh, and you know all that fun stuff. Yeah. But 
Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, but it's good to be here doing the show, David. Uh, I always enjoy chatting with you. And we've got kind of yeah. a full show this week. We're going to be talking about a couple of stories that we found online that seemed pretty interesting. And, of course, the feedback from Gavin right at the beginning. And you were yeah. telling me, David, you really haven't been keeping up with the latest version of, of uh, Final Cut Pro. Well, I, I mean, I don't know Final Cut Pro too well. I've used Final Cut Express before, um, and I was aware that, that at NEB this week there was um, an announcement. Last week. And, um, yeah, sorry, last week, yeah. Um, and that, that this new version is meant to be radically different from previous versions. It's going to be a lot cheaper as well. But obviously without you know knowing the product really inside out, I wasn't, I've not really had the time to sit down and go and look at the details of it and try and figure out what's different. But I, I, I had heard the same things as as Gavin Gavin was talking about that it's it seems to be the interface seems to be much more inspired by the current version of iMovie rather than the old traditional kind of timeline editing routine. I guess that's going to cause quite a lot of training courses to go out for uh, Final Cut Studio users. <laughs> well, it's going to it's going to be good for my uh, full time gig at Mac Specialist. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah, it it looks more like, you know, and honestly, to me, it looks more like a combination of iMovie, the new version, and Final Cut Pro. I, yeah. Whether that's going to be good or not, I don't know. Here's my concern. Yeah, you've never been a lover of the current iMovie, really, have you? Not at all. Uh, no. I like some of the functionality. I just think the, the workflow is terrible. But... Maybe that's just because I went from the old iMovie to Final Cut Pro. And I pretty much skipped the new version of iMovie. And when I did try to use it, like I like the trailers that the, it makes your own little trailers and stuff. Yeah. That was cute and fun. Um, it's nothing that I couldn't do, all but with a lot more time, with Final Cut Pro. But I don't know. It, it felt like a consumer product. And I wanted more professional video capabilities. That's what Final Cut Pro gives you. Now, here's the thing, though, David. Being an industry standard that Final Cut Pro is, my big concern is what this is going to do to businesses' workflows. Yeah. And businesses can't afford to have a project take longer than what they budget for, especially in the middle of working on current projects. I don't think that the new version of Final Cut Pro Pro X, or it's just called Final Final Cut X. I don't know, whatever it's called. Yeah, is uh, I don't think it's going to be widely widely deployed really quickly. I think a lot of companies are going to do kind of a we'll buy one copy, deploy it to one machine, and see how it works. But until we can really afford to take the time to learn the new version, we're going to stick with the old one for now because. It, it's our bread and butter. That's how we make money every week. Yeah. So I don't know. I could be wrong, but I I don't think yeah, so. Yeah. I, I wonder whether the trade-off in the change to the interface is going to be kind of the, you know, in terms of the speed of workflow is going to be offset by the fact that Final Cut um, Pro is going to do a lot of stuff in the background now using Grand Central Dispatch. So a lot of the rendering and, and things that kind of at the moment make you have to wait with Final Cut Pro kind of will be taken away because it'll be doing all that in the background so that's going to speed up workflow on the one hand whereas obviously the new interface might slow you down in the other so it'll be an interesting trade-off really obviously i mean what what do you think about the price and and what do you think is going to happen to final cut express is it dead i probably well first yes i i think final cut express is going to go bye-bye at a 299 price point i don't really see between imovie and a 299 pro app i don't see a prosumer version making a big 
deal for Apple. I, I think they'll say, hey, if you need something yeah. better, it's two ninety nine, yeah. And they'll have sales and all that kind of thing. Um, I don't know. I, I think the price is good. I, I do wonder about stuff like Final Cut Server uh, for yeah. big workflows. How does that fit in? They didn't mention that. And I do worry about if you've got an old project that you need to open up occasionally, do I need to keep an old version of Final Cut Pro on my desk to open that? Or how will the new version handle opening the old work formats? So yeah. there's just so many questions right now. Gavin, by the way, thank you very much for calling in and uh, leaving us a message. Uh, I love yeah. that, David. It's <laughs> We kind of made a big deal of it at the end of last episode. and uh, yeah. It's uh, nice and, to and, see people and, are listening. And it was a good question as well. I mean, that's uh, an interesting viewpoint. Um, do you actually have our phone number handy, David? I do if you don't. Uh, mm-hmm. Sure, gonna, I do. I'm I can. Gonna, <laughs> I'm going to take it to mean that you don't. <laughs> All right. So no, you... yeah, I've got it right here. Let me just, um, <laughs> let me just, uh, yeah. <laughs> Scramble. Hold on. It's, it's over. Wait. Oh, here it is. No, that's not it. Crap. Um, <laughs> so if you guys want to call and leave a message, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us uh, produce the show because it gives us stuff to talk about. And uh, again, it's it makes it worthwhile paying and renewing my Skype number. It's uh, 1-801-938-5559. You could call that from pretty much any telephone and leave your message and Skype lets me know there's a message and we'll drop it into the show. I kind of like how I did it this week, David. We put the audio comment right at the beginning of the show. Yeah. It's different. Well, it's it's uh, it reflects our, our appreciation for the fact that somebody got in touch with us. I actually uh, started doing that on, um, what was it? Why am I having a, a uh, brain fart? OWC Radio. Yeah, OWC Radio. Oh, no, OC, no, OWC, yeah. <laughs> OCD Radio. OCD is more likely for me, absolutely. <laughs> I, um, yeah. I, you know, it was just different. Usually, most shows will have, if they have feedback like that, they'll put it in, but they'll put it in, you know, in the middle of the show or during their, that segment of the show where, you know, I, I like to lead off right with it, you know? It makes the people feel like, hey, this is cool. I, I'm part of the show. I'm right at the beginning of the show. And I like that. And, and one of the advantages of podcasting is it can be a lot more collaborative. Um, because, you know, as, as we've done with other shows we've worked on in the past, we, we like to get listeners on and not, not, not on as, a, as kind of a, a call-in or um, ask, are just answering necessarily just a question, but just to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we got some other feedback on the show. This one coming in through Facebook. Uh, again, I am at my Mac at, uh, or not at, I'm just my Mac on, uh, is it my Mac? I think I'm my Mac. Yeah. I'm my Mac on, uh, on the, uh, Facebook on the Facebook. Yeah. And I, I keep wanting to say Twitter and I am at my Mac on Twitter. So, but this one comes in from a uh, Carly, uh, Carla Gillespie. She says, just finished listening to the podcast Two Now this was last one. Obviously it's. It couldn't be this one. <laughs> yeah, she's be, re- that's a dedicated listener. <laughs> Crap, she's standing right behind me. <laughs> and posting to Facebook at the same time. <laughs> just finished listening to this podcast. Too funny, the whole Skype issue. I was just cracking up. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm really excited to hear about the publishing part. I'll be following that quite closely. 
Uh, good work. Keep it up. And then she says, oh, yeah, glad I didn't buy a flip now. Got a Panasonic SDR-T70, which I've heard good things about, by the way. Mm. Supposed to be the easiest to use with a Mac. Uh, let you know after I've had a chance to play with it for a while. Yeah, let us know. I'm very interested in how that works for you, Carla. I think that, you know, with the demise of the flip, I'm not, I'm not by the way, bummed out that I have a couple, and they work fairly easily with a Mac. Uh, I yeah. am kind of curious to see how the, how well the Panasonic works with the Mac. I've heard that it takes fantastic video. Do you think mm-hmm. any other companies are going to kind of maybe step into that void left by the flip, David? Well, I, it's, here's the funny thing. A lot of people were, were saying, oh, well, you know, it's the... It's, camera phones it's the iphone that that kind of killed the flip and you know we talked about this a bit last week i'm not sure i subscribe to that view i think it's you know it's more a case of misstep by cisco so that that would imply there's still a gap there but i I think what's more relevant is the fact that there are decent still cameras that shoot excellent video now i mean that sony nex5 that i talked about um, when i did the solo show a couple of weeks back um shoots hd video and it, it looks amazing um and it's not that much um that much bigger to to carry around than than a flip um you know and you often tend to have if you if you're going to be taking stills photos you'll obviously you'll have a camera like that with you so if it shoots videos well, you have the choice um i i suspect that might uh, potentially call, uh, cause some competitors to to think maybe they won't go onto that market i think if anybody does do it they will combine um the the kind of camera video functionality with other functions rather than just doing a dedicated camera kind of a flip clone yeah i agree with you i look at my experience just earlier today as a prime example i'm sitting on the couch and uh my youngest son well i've only got one son but so my son earlier today decided that he wanted to put back on his halloween costume he's iron man so he he puts his palm up at me and goes a lot yeah, <laughs> and so my uh, youngest daughter, and I've got three of those, so this is definitely the youngest, seven years old, is playing on the floor, and he is basically jumping on top of her as Iron Man, and well, beating the crap out of her. Yeah. and they're laughing, they're having a good time, and my iPhone four was right there, so I pulled it out and I recorded about I don't know thirty seconds of them just horsing around on the floor. Now the flip is on the other side of them on a shelf. So I literally would have had to walk over them to get the flip, but I didn't even think about it, to be honest. And I told, like yeah. I said on the last show, that's what the flip does. We keep it in the living room. We try to keep it charged. And when some, the kids are doing something like that, we just do a quick video of it. But I had my iPhone right there, so I didn't even think, oh, I should grab the flip to record this. I had my iPhone, so it didn't even occur to me. So. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, That's just and, personal and of course anecdote, you can, but still. Yeah, of course, the the other advantage you have with, with that whole process, you can have iMovie on the phone, so you can edit it, you can send it out via email to somebody straight away. Um, and, of course, next time you dock your iPhone to your Mac, you're going to be able to pull that file over and start working on it without having to... Uh, dock a separate individual device like you do with the Flip. Absolutely. This is, uh, this, you know, this is why I think that... Um, you will see uh, a kind of if anybody does go down that route, it will be a kind of a, a an iPhone camera or a phone camera on steroids. It will be you know much better quality than than what you have in a camera phone, but able to do the same sort of things. You know, be able to do basic emailing and maybe uploading it to YouTube or to Flickr or whatever. Um, and and obviously those were things that the Flip couldn't do. But but you know in some ways the Flip because it was such a 
laser-focused products and just doing one thing and making it really easy for non-video people to use. You know, that that's obviously lost with the product disappearing, really. be interesting to see what the values of flips um, become on eBay, whether they, you know, they shoot up in value because people want them or not. That That's normally an indicator about whether there's still latent market demand or not. So your uh, Skype is getting a little weird sound in it, so I think this would be a good time for us to take a quick break, let you restart your Skype connection. And we come back, we've got three tech stories from this week that we think is kind of interesting we're going to talk about. We'll be right back. Looking for in-depth coverage of the Mac universe? How about hard-hitting interviews with industry leaders with all the questions you want to ask? Or detailed product reviews for programs costing thousands of dollars? Then you should definitely find something other than the MyMac.com podcast. The MyMac.com podcast is the show for every Mac user. Fun, entertaining, with news, reviews, and interviews with people just like you who want more from a podcast than just talking heads. Find us on iTunes by doing a search for my Mac and get ready for a good time. I used to like talking heads. Celebrate Apple's iOS, iPhone, iPod Touch, iPad, and Apple TV with us on the Pocket Size Podcast from MyMac.com with your hosts, Scott and Peter. Great reviews from John Nemirovsky of MyMac.com and segments and contributions from many of the other fine writers of MyMac.com. It's hard to believe so much excitement can fit in your pocket, but it can. Please find us at MyMac.com or in iTunes. Just search for Pocket Size Podcast. You'll be proud to tell your friends that you have us in your pocket. You know, David, uh, so you restarted your Skype. Sounds like it's a better connection now, so we'll see how it goes. If we need to pause the show and have you reboot again, it's not a big deal. The thing is, because we're recording slightly later, it's Friday night here in the UK, which obviously means the internet will be busy with people surfing porn. Yes, absolutely. We've got a few more hours before the the porn browsers hit here in uh, the U.S. So, (laughs) Uh, you know, while we were talking just a second ago, uh, off the air, if you will, I I was mentioning how crappy Safari's getting. You know, I watch my activity my processor activity when I launch and, and browse the internet with Safari and it's just chugging for no reason, a lot of processing power. And you said you loaded and you were seeing the same thing. You loaded up Chrome. You said, yeah, Google Chrome. And, and it was, it was epically fast. I mean, it was really radically different. You know, you often, when you hear these speed tests with browsers, you think, Oh, you know, nobody can really tell the difference, but you really could. You can, I, yeah. I, I will attest that the new Firefox four, um, and the only reason I, I, I like Safari as far as functionality, don't get me wrong. Uh, I like the aesthetics of it. I'm just used to using it, maybe. Yeah. But I was editing at MyMac.com, and some of my edits, like if you go to the website at MyMac, and it says, click here to read more, well, yeah. that's a piece of code that I put in articles, so we don't show the entire article on the main page. Yeah. Because then it pushes everything just way too far down, and if it's an article with a lot of pictures... The main site takes forever to load, that kind of thing. Mm, Yeah. Some of my edits, especially that read more link, simply weren't sticking when I was using Safari. I don't know why. And this is in WordPress. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to fire up Firefox and see if it sticks there. Well, I launched Firefox and I said, there's a new version of Firefox. And it was version 4. So I was like, oh, yeah, go ahead and download it real quick. And it literally takes 10 seconds to download and install it. Yeah. Fired it up. It imported my... uh, safari bookmarks and i'm off and running and i thought you know what this feels a lot faster it really mm. felt f- i'm 
I'm talking in an order of magnitude at least twice. Just yeah. websites were loading faster. All my edits in WordPress for my Mac were sticking no problem. All the little issues that I was having with Safari, including how much processing power was being used, just browsing the frickin' internet, just completely went away. It yeah, was just it, amazing. It, it's unfortunate, really, because obviously when Safari 5 first launched, it was pretty much the fastest thing out there, but it just doesn't seem to have aged well. Uh, and unfortunately, Apple is very much focused on um, the next version of OS ten at the moment, so they're unlikely to be working. If, if they are working on a new version of Safari, it's, it will be for uh, for 10.7 line. It won't be um, updating Snow Leopard at all. You, you know, I, I have to say, I think there's a wider issue with Snow Leopard. Um, it was meant to be kind of, you know, oh, we're just going to fix some things that need fixing from Leopard and not add a whole load of new features. And, and they kind of delivered on that. But I, I, as a release, I don't think it's been one of their more successful ones. I think they've, They've had, you know, I've encountered many more problems with Snow Leopard than I have, I can remember ever since I switched the Mac, really, in terms of, you know, various bits and pieces of issues that have needed fixing over time. Yeah. Well, so, we'll find out what Lion's going to offer here in, uh, I don't know, a few more months, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Um, I, I can't really talk about it too much. We, uh, we do have a developer thing. So yeah. I do have Snow Leopard, and I installed it on my 11-inch MacBook Air. And by the way, we've had people on um, Twitter request that we do a show on the 11-inch MacBook Air since we both have one. Yeah. But my point was we kind of did. I mean, I, it's the Mac, A. It's small, B. It's really fast, C. And D, we both really like it. I don't yeah. know much more that we can say. I mean... Yeah. In fact, it's interesting you mentioned that. that. That I would have agreed with you up until about an hour ago when I read a, uh, a blog post somewhere that said that um, they reckon that the revised version of the MacBook Air with Sandy Bridge and Thunderbolt is probably on the way. Yeah, um, well. And that, well, you know, but the thing is the Sandy Bridge is a, is a massive update compared to where we are now. We're, we're on Core 2 Duos in these machines. Um, so that's going to be a substantial performance increase. You know. But <laughs> I, did I, you buy the some... MacBook Air because of its performance or because of its form no, factor? No, I didn't. And and in fact, you know, considering it's only got a 1.4 gigahertz duo, core 2 duo in it, it's incredibly fast yeah. because of the SSD. Um, but having said that, I you know... You, I mean, wanted, you, you, you want you, the new one, sure. Well, if you if you could get Sandy Bridge processors in there, which would be even faster. I loaded up Portal 2 on my uh, MacBook Air. Oh, really? Um, Did it yeah. work? Uh, yeah, it works. It, it's okay. Wow. I mean, it, it, it stutters in places... Um, and it's well below the what what um, what um, Valve have said is the minimum system requirements. We should probably for, explain uh, what um, what you're talking about here, as far yeah. as what uh, so, the heck so, is Portal so Two. Portal Two is um, uh, Portal was a kind of a game that that kind of snuck in to the Half Life Two orange box. Yep, the and orange it came box out on the 360 and yeah, the PS3. It was, it was, and, well, it was out on everything. Yes, and, it was and of course, including now, the Mac. Yeah, Including the Mac, and what Valve has is this system called Steam that allows you to um, basically, they, when they release games now, they release them on the PC and the Mac at the same time. Uh, and Steam is an online community service. You download the game from there, uh, and um, it will also then mean you can play it on any of your machines by installing it on any of them. And it will also sync where you are in the game um, across, uh, effectively, up through the Steam service. So if someone's so, playing this new game portal two on their iMac and they also have say a MacBook pro. Yeah. Or even, you, or 
Uh oh. Skype guys just uh Dave was gonna say something naughty, I think. And so we're gonna Yeah, I guess we're gonna have to pause this and see if we can bring David back in. I hate when that happens. You know what? We're just gonna keep recording. It's like a solo show for a minute here. <laughs> um I I also bought well I guess I'll wait till he gets back on here. But it's Steam is really cool. Steam number one is free. You don't have to pay for Steam. Um, it's how you download games. It's the how person you, whom you're trying to reach is really? currently unavailable. Well, maybe he's not unavailable. Maybe he is available, and your crappy service is just not working right. Do you ever think about that, lady? Um, I'm sure David's going to reboot his Skype here any second. I'm kind of looking at my Skype window, seeing that he's still there, and uh, now he's not. So he. He's cursing probably quite loudly to himself right now. All those darn people browsing porn sites is killing his bandwidth. So, anyway, Steam is free to use. Doesn't cost a dime. And if you buy something, obviously it's going to cost you money. But it's not a service that you have to keep paying for every month. It's not like a a Netflix for games or anything like that. It is simply... uh, an application it kind of it's like a storefront really it stores your game data but it's more like a storefront and i like david bought portal 2 but i had bought the original portal on steam um actually i didn't buy it they were giving it away for free to entice mac users when they first came out with steam for the mac and i had already owned steam i've had it for uh the xbox 360 for a couple years now it's a fantastic game really like it a lot so I was looking forward to playing it on my Mac, and to be quite honest, I really didn't. I fired it up a few times, but I'm used to playing Steam using a game controller, and using my mouse and keyboard just didn't really work for me all that well. And so I bought a few games on there, and I, I really don't play them a whole lot. But when I saw that Portal 2 was coming out, I thought, you know what the heck, I'm, I'm going to buy it. It gives me something to do occasionally when I'm like in the hotel, and uh, David's calling in, so we're going to bring David back in and see if it works again. <laughs> and uh, so, I, so I, like David, I bought Portal 2. Yeah. And uh, I bought mine, David, so I could kind of play it in my hotel room when I'm in Chicago. Gives me something to do. Other, I don't always want to write. I don't always want to watch yeah. a movie. I hardly ever turn on the TV in the hotel room. So I thought, this is a game I'm really looking forward to. I'm, I'm just going to buy it on Steam and play it on my Mac. But here's yeah. the problem. I have a Mad Cat's game controller mm-hmm. that will not move my character in the game. That's annoying. Yeah. it's Because it says it's compatible with a game controller. But if you right. go to the preferences, it clearly shows the Xbox 360 PC game controller, mm. which I had, but it broke, and I threw it away. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm stuck. I'm like, okay, do I go buy a new controller or for you know, 30, 40 bucks, or do I just buy portal two and play it on my PS three or the Xbox? Well, you could just use the keyboard and mouse. I, you know, I was talking about that when you were having the, uh, uh, the Skype, Skype problems there. Yeah. Uh, I never stopped the show. I just kept going power through. Um, yeah, I don't like to play other than first person shooter games. And even then, nowadays, I, Halo kind of broke me of the mouse and keyboard when it comes to gameplay. I like a game controller. It's, it just right. it feels better. And the games mm-hmm. that I have on that PowerBook or PowerBook MacBook Pro, um, 
is like, oh, geez, the, the Lego games. I've got Star Wars Lego. I've got Batman Lego on yeah. there. And I also have Grand Theft Auto 3 Vice City. And they all work fine with that Mad Cat's controller. Right. It, yeah, it's interesting you say that because I, I was the other way. I, I had never, until I got the Xbox 360, I never played game uh, first-person shooter games using anything other than mouse and keyboard. And I thought it would be really hard for me to adjust. It took me a while to kind of get used to it. But now I could kind of switch back and forth, and um, it wouldn't bother me either way, really. I think um, you know what it is, honestly. Well, you can't really do a mouse and keyboard on a laptop. You don't think? Well, you've got a trackpad. You don't have a mouse. Yeah, well, you, well you, you, I, I always use. <laughs> I don't use the trackpad that much actually. I always have Bluetooth mouse with my uh, my laptops because uh, I prefer to do that. So I suppose. Um, may, maybe that might be a, a worthwhile investment rather than the game controller. Mm, I don't know. I'd, I'd just rather a game controller. I, it, what I'll probably do is go buy another Xbox 360 PC game controller, which yeah. plugs into the USB port on my Mac. And uh, see if it works for me. The other one, what happened was, anytime I would try to use it, my character would look straight up and spin around in circles. So, right. <laughs> yeah, it's not really not really very helpful for no, playing the game. Though. No, it, it kind of made it a little annoying, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I threw that away and used this Mad Cats, which I think I talked about in an earlier episode, and I paid like yeah, I remember you talking about a, it a couple now, bucks for. Uh, so you're saying the the Xbox 360 PC controller is wired? Don't yes. they do a wireless version that works with with computers, I have no idea. I really haven't researched it. Might be something look in, right. look into because I would much rather a wireless controller, obviously. But only yeah. if it was Bluetooth. I don't want to put some RF dongles sticking out of my USB port just to use it because I just don't like them. I don't. Well, like and, and not only that, if you're on the MacBook Air, you've only got two USB ports, so exactly. it, I, I kind of sticks, and that's why I use Bluetooth mouse because it really sticks in the crawl to just devote a port to a. <laughs> you kind right. of think well. If, it, if it's RF between the dongle and the mouse, you might as well have a cable there. Exactly. <laughs> What's the difference? Yeah. Uh, of course, the Xbox 360 controller probably weighs more than the MacBook Air. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's Portal. Portal in Portal 2, basically, uh, you're a character. I don't want to give anything away, really. And you have a gun, but the gun's not to shoot people. Um, you shoot a blue or a red a portal. At a yeah. wall, for instance. Yeah, it's like a hole in. Yeah, it's a hole in whatever it hits. So it? you walk into yeah. one of the holes and walk out of the other. So if you shot the red hole behind you and the blue hole in front of you, and you walk through the blue hole, you come out the red hole behind you. So it's kind of a puzzle yeah. game. How do I get from A to B using this portal gun? You might have to move, um, set a crate on something so you can open a portal to move the the crate from one room to another to put it on a button to open a door and it, it it's more difficult to explain what it is than just to say it's a really great game go buy it absolutely yeah. but i haven't I mean, had a chance to play portal 2 david so what do you think so far oh it's it's amazing it really is really? because the fir- the first game was was really short because it was originally originally developed i think as a as kind of an add-on for half-life 2 and yeah. then they turned it in, they turned it into an actual standalone game but it was it was it was kind of half a game really it was pretty short but it was still a um, lot of fun in yeah, fact most and, people and, said that the portal on the orange box was their favorite part of it yeah it was kind yeah. of a surprise um, hit this one they've really taken the whole 
the thing that Valve has always been good at with with the Half Life games is kind of building a world and putting you in it and yep. giving you a reason to move through the world. And they've really gone to town with it. On really, this. And some of the characters. There's a there's the, when you first start the game, you kind of you wake up out of suspended animation, and there's a there's kind of a robot helper that's trying to get you out of the environment. It's paid by Stephen Merchant, who's the oh god um, yes. Who's uh, who's the you know the comedy partner of Ricky Gervais yes. and uh, he's doing the voice and it's it's very very funny and it sort of brings you in straight away you know so um, so yeah I'm, I'm I'm only about three four levels into it but it's like a heck of a lot of fun I I've woke up in the bed and it says okay move and I can't move so I didn't get really <laughs> far into it and it really took that means me off. that means you failed your evaluation yes, already yeah <laughs> that, that was what was it thirty forty dollars well spent. I can't move. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I'm just going to buy the Xbox 360 controller again and, and hope I have better luck with this one. But I really abused the other one. It was jostled around and put in different drawers and taken with me in hotel bags. And, you know, I I, I abused the poor thing quite a bit. So let's jump to some of these stories that we were talking about. Let's stick with games for a minute. The PlayStation Network has been down at this point for three days. It went down Tuesday. And Sony really didn't say what was going on. They come out Wednesday saying we're having some difficulties. Uh, yesterday they came out on Thursday saying, yeah, we're doing some maintenance and uh, some upgrades and updates. So it's, it's going to be a couple days more. And the gaming press is like, no, something's going on. And Sony's not saying anything. Yeah, it's it's um, now I, I I don't have obviously I don't have PlayStation Three. Do you you don't pay for the PlayStation Network like you do with the Xbox Live Network? You do not. There is a free version yeah. of it, but they do have a PlayStation Plus version now, which costs fifty dollars right. a year, which I am a member of, and it gives you exclusive access to some content and free content that would cost a non you know PlayStation Plus user to buy. So let's say there's a four ninety nine. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 game, right? Right. If you want to get it, if you're just a regular PS3 user, it's going to cost you five bucks. But if you're a PlayStation Plus user, it's free. But it's only free as long as you are a PlayStation Plus member. If I cancel right. that membership, I basically lose access to that game without buying mm-hmm. it again. Um, so I am a paid customer for that network that I yeah. can't use. Now, the flip side of that so, is and- there's some games that it has to authenticate through the PlayStation Network before it will let yeah. you play because it doesn't know if you paid for it yet or not. Of course, because Sony's the real, the king of online DRM. Yes, they love <laughs> them know, They DRM. love their DRM, mm. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so that's, that's, well, that's just really bad, isn't it? Sony, uh, Sony sees know. DRM as, mm, honey, child, look at that DRM. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Give me some uh, more. But but of course that's where online DRM falls down if the network's Ugh. not there to support it. I freaking hate so, you know the, the DRM. The only thing that f- this damn stuff does is hurt legitimate freaking users. Pirates are still going to get their hands on music or movies or games. I don't care how much damn DRM you throw at it. They're just they're going to get it no matter what. So, and I know one of yeah I know one of the complaints about place about PlayStation Three is this kind of thing that you know you buy a game you take it home. You, you plug the game into your PlayStation. It then wants to install. Once it's installed, it then checks the network and authenticates. Then it wants to download a whole pile of updates. Yeah. And you, in some cases, you can be there for an hour, an hour and a half before you've even got to play the game you paid for. Absolutely. And it's just a pain in the ass. Uh, so, uh, one of the other uh, tactics I, I, they're using is 
you have to kind of register the game. So if you resell it, the next person don't get all the functionality because they bought a used copy. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, well, I, 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 I'm not. I'm not a fan of the, all of that sort of stuff. And one of the reasons I don't do a lot of online gaming with my Xbox is is because of all of that. I'm not really interested in getting into this yeah, downloadable you content just, you and the upsell and all that sort of thing. And little twelve year olds kick your butt. Don't lie. <laughs> well, there's that as well. <laughs> That's definitely the. You know, I, I give you a prime example. Ratchet and Clank is one of my all time favorite series. I really love the game. Yeah. I think it's a lot of fun. The next version. From everything I've read, looks like it's four-player co-op. There's no single player. It's all four-player co-op. And I thought, mm. well, that sucks. Yeah. I don't want to play with other people with this game. Exactly. I want to. Yeah. I want to play with myself, David. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wait, well, this is by thing, myself. You know, it, Let me rephrase you, it. I want to play by yeah. myself. If you, if you only ever play the single-player ca- campaigns in the games you buy, then um, you can quite happily buy second-hand games and not have to worry about it. Which is uh, is a is an upside. So uh, yeah, I, the problem with these networks is that um, there's no there's no commitment given to you by the uh, by the provider to actually you know there's no guaranteed availability or anything like that. So it's it's unfortunately for uh, for Sony PlayStation users, it's a case of well, just suck it up until they get it fixed, whatever the problem is with it is. Next story, and uh, this one I'm really happy to see. I'll be quite honest. And I don't think many of our listeners are going to fall into the other camp here. But iPad surfing, this is at the unofficial web, Apple weblog. iPad surfing the web outnumbers Linux machines. <laughs> can we finally, please, can we finally stop pretending that Linux is a legitimate operating system that anyone in their right freaking mind would buy other than hardcore geeks, which I, actually yeah. we might have a few of those listen to this show. But hardcore geeks that like to tinker and mess with the OS, the yeah, 99.9% of the people out yeah. there will never want to do that. It's a hobbyist computing Absolutely. system. Yeah, it's not, it's not a mainstream choice for anybody who's not extremely technical. And A product despite, that's been out for a, just a, a hair's worth more than a year now, the iPad, has already seen more people browsing the internet than Linux on a worldwide the, basis. Here's the thing. Um, I about, know servers. Yeah, here's, here's the thing about, about that. What Linux was attempting to do, um, and kind of what the open software movement was trying to get, uh, attempt to do, was to try and break away from some of the you kind of the standards that were imposed, you know, I just put standards in air quotes there, that were imposed by big software companies like Microsoft in terms of the way they develop their software. Um, and the idea, obviously, was that the community could take the software in a direction it wanted, and hey, it would all be free and, and great, and all of that as well. So the, the kind of the underlying ethos, which is saying we don't want to be beholden to the way Microsoft and um, companies like that tell us the way computers have to operate, um, we want to do something different. That was kind of an underlying principle of of kind of the Linux movement. And I appreciate now, that, but yeah. you know, well, what, they kept what, trying what the to push iPad has it. done is well what the iPad has done is has actually taken that kind of concept and kind of distilled it to the nth degree, which is saying, here let's take a computing device that doesn't work like anything you've ever used before. Right. You but don't actually that, interact with the iPad itself, it's all apps. Even exactly. the settings is an app. Yeah. It's just apps that you use. And, and and because of that, it's a completely compelling and different experience that anybody can pick up and use, which is kind of what I think 
what some of the people behind the open software movement wanted to get to in the in the in the first place. Yes, but, but of course, yeah, that's they, some they of don't it. like it because it's a closed platform. Exactly. It's an it's a, a you know provided by and a that large community software. for a long time. Tried to say that Linux on the desktop makes perfect sense. It's just as good. Blah 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 blah. And and they kept trying to push these stories out there, which I know were bullshit the whole time. But and it's fine. They're finally exposed for the bullshit. And I can say bullshit because I own the show. <laughs> um, they're trying. They were always trying to say, "Oh, it's gaining on the Mac. It's starting to surpass the Mac and, and web surfers and home users." No, it isn't. No, it wasn't. It never will. It never did. Shut up. No yeah, one wants Linux. Nobody. Re- it, I mean, uh, it, not, again, not outside not the, the geeks. Space. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it has a place in the server market. A I tried large, it. Chunk, large chunk of the internet. Right, but I'm talking about desktop computing. Yeah. But desktop computers, absolutely. Yeah. There are, and I know there are some corporations and there are some government departments and everything that have adopted Linux in a big way. But only because um, it's it was free to use, not because, because it was superior in, in any regard. Yeah, and and of course, you know, the, this is the always been the devil that's in the detail of Linux is that is the fact that it might be free to use, but because you're not paying for it, you get no support. That's right. And, and if you don't get any support, that makes a computer, no matter how skilled you are, very difficult to use. And I know that the standard Linux thing is, oh well. You know, you can all you can do is you can just go and download the latest source code and compile it yourself. And, and there's plenty of online, um, you know, online resources where you can find help and all this sort of thing. And these Linux forums, you go in there and ask a noob question, as they would call it, and and they they beat you up. Oh wait, we still talking about Linux? <laughs> oh, I see. So I make You're a proposal prepared. right now to the entire tech community: stop talking about Linux. No one cares. Unless your show says Linux right in the the title, shut up about Linux. Nobody cares about it. No one ever did care about it. Thank God that this report came out and a lot of people went, "Eh, well, I guess that's that. Yeah. Last story. We'll see how much uh, we can get out of this one, David. And I think quite a bit because I'm a little bit passionate about this. Yeah, me too. Harry McCracken writes an article and it's called The Era of Beta Hardware. And it's talking about the playbook and from BlackBerry. It's the iPad competitor. And quite honestly, BlackBerry has been uh, making fools of themselves on some yeah, of their claims of what the black the uh, well, like, you uh, playbook know, I mean, talk about, yeah, talking about a spectacularly botched launch. Dude, t- uh, what was that post that you did on Twitter? It, it had me just... <laughs> I read that and I was just cracking up, dude. I'm I serious. said, um, I said something along the lines of because um, I, I read a story saying somebody had done a teardown on the um, on the um, right. BlackBerry Playbook, and I said they they tore they tore tore it down, and when they opened it up, they found the uh, casing was stuck with uh, empty hopes and withered dreams. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, and I, I love actually that got when I people that. responded back to the who, who, who claimed that the, the the playbook was actually full of full of something somewhat brown and smelly. <laughs> <laughs> the, the difficulty is 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 you know it's it's a product that's been rushed to market. Oh, absolutely! Um, it wasn't it, ready for prime it, time. Not ready for prime time. Also, coupled as well with a, a really uh, lack of a real lack of strategy about what yep. it's trying to be. Um, and and you know then and then the actual execution has been really poor. No email so the client, products come out. No calendaring. Email, no yeah. scheduling. Uh, you have to oh. connect. You have yeah. to connect it to a BlackBerry handheld <laughs> um, 
to to get email. Uh, and of oh. course, then to just to kind of put a frisson of extra stupidity on that, AT and T, one of their carrier partners, has said, "Only oh, if you do that, it's like tethering. So we're not going <laughs> to let you do that unless you pay us extra <laughs> money." Extra. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so the stupidity just, following everything that they've done around this product launch is just ridiculous. It, it's yeah. a piece of crap. It's it's beta hardware. Harry McCracken at the Technologizer, brilliant article. Uh, yeah. Great observation on his part. We've had him here on this show. Um, he's absolutely right. And here's the thing. This crap needs to end. And companies that do this, that release products that are not ready for prime time. Oh, well, bring back this Zoom in you know five months and we'll add 4G to it. Just send it to us and we'll have it for about a week. Then we'll send it back. Really? How, how about you yeah. just release the freaking product when it's actually ready to ship? Everyone is in this market is so terrified that Apple's just going to eat their lunch and own this market are rushing out with substandard products that is not ready to be sold and charging a premium price for it. And then these companies get really pissed off at product reviewers who point out to these shortcomings. And then on top of that, David, you read these reviews of these products and they'll point this stuff out and they'll still give a good score saying, well, eventually it's going to be pretty good. And well, you know what? Base it on its merits of when you review it yeah. and base it on what's already out there. A consumer is reading this. Should I buy this or should I buy that? Well, that right now is the iPad or now more appropriately, the iPad too. Does this product brand new just came out stack up? Is it as good? Is it better? Is it not as good as the iPad? Even the iPad from a year ago. And so yeah. far, bar none, none of them are. And they're still yeah. getting high reviews. If Apple came out with a product like this, they would be crucified in the press. But for yeah. some reason, BlackBerry and Motorola and all these other companies that are coming out with inferior products are getting a pass from the press. Enough is enough. They're crap products. Don't buy them. Shame on these companies for releasing beta hardware and letting people pay a premium price for something that's not ready because they don't know how to run their own business. Well, it's it's a kind of a double risk, really, because if you buy something that's um, not finished and uh, it's not successful, then you really run the risk of the company turning around saying, you know what, this isn't a market for us. Right, and, and, you get, know, I, and get out I, of it I, prematurely. Really, yeah, or, 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 or saying, well, let's go back to the drawing board and starting again. You're going to end up with something where you, effectively you're going to be left on, the, left on the grapevine, you know, kind of left on the vine with no support. Look at all the people who bought um, the Microsoft Zoom yeah. that's just now been discontinued. Yep. So those are people who kind of co- tried to commit to the platform. They found something that, that appealed to them in, in the platform. Uh, and Microsoft has just effectively turned around and said, well, you know what, we, we just didn't really pull that off, so um, bye. Um, and, uh, and how'd you like left- to be, how'd you like to be the engineer on a product like the playbook and you know what it can be, you, you know, where it should be, you know, that it's not ready and the company pulls it out of your hands prematurely and starts selling it and it starts yeah, getting I- crap reviews and people are pissed off. How demoralizing is that to the company, to your team at that company? And to the marketers and to the engineers yeah. and the software people. How demoralizing is it? Yeah, well, I, I, I can't imagine it's, it's great. Though. I'd be I'm pissed sure off someone... if I was on that team. I'd be like, this wasn't yeah. ready. This isn't an indication of our best work. Why are we selling a product that's not ready? 
We look like idiots. The irony is that one of the reasons that Apple is so successful with these devices is because they don't launch them in that condition. No, and they don't talk about products until they're ready. BlackBerry's been talking about this stupid playbook for, what, 12 months now? Shortly after the first iPad. Oh, ours is going to come out, and it's going to be this, and it's going to be so much better, and it's going to be that, and... And then they came out with, oh, you know what? Ours is going to be able to run the Android stuff, too. It, it can't yet, but, oh, it's going to. You know, and, and it, beta yeah, f- freaking hardware. Thing, it, it, it runs Flash. Yes. Uh, and and most of the reviewers have kind of glossed over the fact that it doesn't actually run Flash that well. No, Flash it crashes every time. I, I've yeah. read a couple of reviews that specifically say when they went to a site that had Flash on it or tried to play a Flash game, it crashed the unit every single time. Every time. I'm sick of the, you know, I was right. I wrote an article. I'm going up to MyMac.com. We've got, you know, 16, 17 years worth of content. And when we ported it over from the old site, some of it didn't work quite correctly. So if you like click on a link to read an article, it would take you to the entire month's worth of posts rather than just Mm -hmm. the article. So I basically, I just have to open it up, edit it, save it, and then it's fine. And I found an article I wrote, I'm going to say 97, 98 called beta car and it was all about it was not really well written by the way but still it was <laughs> <laughs> the, the basic premise is what would it be like if you bought a car that really it was a beta car and i was comparing it to beta software at the time yeah that it's kind of a joke that you would never buy a car that well the brakes doesn't work quite right most of the time and blah 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 blah, blah and and i never thought we would see beta hardware I thought beta software is about as bad as it can get. We've got beta hardware, David. This is freaking stupid. It's shameful. Yep. It's embarrassing to these companies. I will not spend any money. Look, I, I, I work in an Apple authorized reseller, okay? I love Apple products. In my bag, when I go to work, okay, in my bag is an iPad, is a 11-inch MacBook Air, and a 15-inch MacBook Pro, and in my pocket is an iPhone 4, okay? Yeah. I love Apple products. I think they're fantastic. But if someone came out with a tablet that was better than the iPad, you're darn right I'd buy it. I'd be happy to. You know, I... I, Yeah. (laughs) Come out with a product that's compelling. None of them have. No. And what they're doing to consumers, it it should be a, a... it just really ticks me off. I'm really passionate about, you know. I, I, the, the difficulty is is that uh, there aren't. The, I think we all accept there's a certain uh, type of consumer who, uh, for whatever reason, won't buy Apple products. Sure. You know, and um, there has to be products for them. It's it's unfortunate for people who who won't who can't or won't buy Apple for whatever reason that there isn't a, a really good alternative that they have to make do with something that's pretty much second or third rate. Absolutely. You, know, you would, you would think, you would think that, um, with, with Apple being so successful with the product and the, uh, ecosystem that they've built up, that pe- the other companies would see that and try and emulate it, um, and try and do the same sort of things in the same sorts of way. So they could compete on a living play level playing field. Everyone seems to think that it can do the app. All of these things come across as bare minimum products. Yep. What's the bare minimum we can do um, to get a something touch that interface kind of looks, about yeah. this size? Stupid. Yeah. 
just to that's right you know we'll throw whatever the latest version of google android is on there and if it's not the right one for tablets then who cares yeah uh, we won't bother with our apps with with a decent app store we won't bother courting developers we won't bother with uh, finishing all the functionality we won't have a media store um and then we'll slap a price tag that you know uh, well let, let's put a price tag on it that's actually a little bit more than an ipad yep um and just see how many rooms we get <laughs> so with that, David, we're, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We'll be back in one week. Um, actually, uh, no, I won't be here next week, will I? Next week is the week that, in fact, I won't be here for two weeks. Two weeks, yeah. I will be uh, in Chicago this time next week, and I'll be in San Jose, California the week after that. So literally for two weeks in a row, I won't be able to record Tech Fan on our regularly scheduled day now we could do one of two things david you can have the next two shows find somebody to to host it with maybe guy or gabs would be happy to come on and do a show yeah. or uh, another mymac staffer or, or guest somebody like that um or you can do one and i can do another one from a hotel room by myself um yeah. it's up to you but well well, uh, well yeah we'll see I, I next week is obviously is the um is the royal wedding yes so i was thinking about I'm actually pins uh, and needles. In- yeah, I was thinking about interviewing Will and Kate and yeah. finding out what, what tech they're planning to use on the honeymoon. Absolutely. So uh, so maybe we'll do that. Yeah. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like a show to me. Well, we can capitalize a little bit on that. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll get Gaz on and we'll do a kind of a British uh, Royal Wedding Street Party <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Are we talking about Linux again? <laughs> so we'd love to hear feedback from you guys. If you guys do send in some feedback... Uh, it'll be uh, played when Dave and I are back together in basically three weeks from now. But we still really, really appreciate if you guys can do that for us. It's uh, 1-801-938-5559. On Twitter, I'm at MyMac, and David is? David B. Cohen. You know, David, one of the things that we also kind of said is if you've got the time, we'd really appreciate it. If you can go up to iTunes and give us a rating and, and write a little review on our iTunes page. And some people's done that. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, One and, person um, went way overboard, though. That was you, wasn't it? No, no I wish. I wouldn't have had, <laughs> I, I would have been too embarrassed to write this about myself. I'll bring it up here. <laughs> I actually took a screenshot of it. Now, I, I looked at it on my iPhone. I don't remember what I was doing. I thought, oh, I'm going to go to our iTunes listing, see if there's any reviews up there. And sure enough, there was. And uh, the first one, though, was Todd Peppercorn. He writes, this show is really warming up. Tim and David have a great chemistry, and it's fun to see the interviews coming in as well. Keep up the great show, and I look forward to seeing how the show matures. Uh, I, we got to mature, David. I don't want to. No, I, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm about as mature as I'm going to get, no, I think. No, that one's good. <laughs> but this next one by Winter Books. I have to say, um, it's nice that we have, um, I, I'm assuming, crack addicts that are really stoned and and heard my plea about writing a review on iTunes. Uh, but it's it's still, it's flattering. And it's, <laughs> if, if not a complete lie, but still. <laughs> he, he gives us five stars and he wrote, Tim Robertson is simply the best podcaster out there. This podcast keeps me in tune with all the things tech, and there's plenty of humor and opinion to keep me constantly interested. Uh, thanks, Tim. To which I say, I think winter books, I think the winner is re- referring to cocaine because he's <laughs> obviously high. 
when he, when he says that. I, I appreciate the sentiment, but if I'm the best podcaster in the world, um, wow, this is a really crappy world. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe he just doesn't listen to, listen to many podcasts. Yeah, it's the only one he's listened to. <laughs> Wow, he's the best. Well, yeah, but you know, except for everybody not else. To, not to, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would would um, you know scramble to say that we mean we mean those comments with love when absolutely. we talk about you being on drugs. Yes, absolutely. Even though I firmly believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, we're going to wrap this show up. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Tech Fan this week. Make sure you check out the other shows that MyMac produces, including the MyMac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, another American and Brit. Uh, we have the <laughs> sorry, we have the pocket size podcast. You know that one's really come. I think they're up to like fourteen now. That show is really coming along. Yes, I, I'm really enjoying that. And uh, quite a few of the MyMac staff members are contributing to that show in smaller reviews as well. So it's definitely worth checking out. Totally different than the MyMac show. Totally different than Tech Fan. That's the cool thing. We've got three main shows, and then we also have uh, At Minute with Sam Levin which is a really short podcast. But these three shows are really the, the crux, the, the backbone of the MyMac Podcasting Network. And we're all about technology. We all talk about the Macs and the iOS and the Android stuff. But they are definitely three different shows. You would never know that they're produced under the same umbrella, David. They really are quite different. Yep, and it's good that everything has its own voice. And, and none of those shows calls their listeners crackheads. I don't know. Guy and Gaz have come close. Come I know. Close. There's a few times there that, yeah, I totally agree with you. So with that, we're going to wrap up Tech Fan, and uh, we'll see you guys in a few weeks. Bye.